The Rural Health Voice, Episode 86, Medicaid Dental Reimbursement. Welcome to The Rural Health Voice. I am Beth O'Connor, your host. We discuss rural health issues at the grassroots level and how state and federal policies play out in our local communities. What are the benefits from Virginia's increase in dental Medicaid? Dr. Scott Miller, Virginia Dental Association Foundation, joined me to discuss how the increased benefits improved access for many rural Virginians. Welcome, Dr. Miller. Thank you. I've been excited to um, talk to you. Really glad to have you here. So, so let's think about you know, how you got where you are now. What inspired a kid from Southwest Virginia to become a dentist? Well, I um, was born and raised not far from where I'm practicing. And uh, my uh, local dentist was a, a VDA member. I'll throw that in. He uh, was a great guy. Dr. Joe Adair was his name. And um, one day I was sitting there waiting for him to come and look at my teeth after having gotten them clean. And my mom said, what do you think about being a dentist? And I was like, well, Joe's got a nice truck. and You know, he's got a nice office and it's definitely not coal mining. So I said, you know what? I think I could do it. So as soon as Joe come in, the first words out of my mom's mouth was, Scott wants to be a dentist. And I was like, wait, <laughs> what? So that guy stayed on top of me throughout my uh, undergraduate education at Virginia Tech. I spent time in his office. Um, the guy after him uh, was a friend of my dad's. They did a lot of fishing together. My dad was a coal miner. And it just worked out that I guess it was in the in the cards and in, in God's plan that I was to be a dentist. So I'm I'm very thankful to do what I do on a daily basis and not be a mile underground, uh, having to worry about not coming out. So, oh, absolutely. So great inspiration from mom, and more than a little push that direction, and a good mentor. Oh, great mentor. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're on the Virginia Dental Association Foundation Board of Directors. What does the foundation do? Man, I tell you what, the the Virginia Dental Association Foundation has uh, been such a blessing to the the people in our local communities and, and to this area. The number one thing that, that we do as a foundation is uh, we help to improve access to care in areas that don't have it. And... Um, for the last 18 years, being another one of uh, the board members, Dr. Stephen Aloof, have been the co-directors for the Denture team. And since their first visit to the airport hangar over in Wise back in, I think it was 2000, they've been serving uh, patients that were underinsured or um, uninsured and having to wait uh, to get health care and dental care especially. We focus on the dental needs of those communities. So what's the difference between the Virginia Dental Association Foundation and the Virginia Dental Association? Well, the Virginia Dental Association is comprised of eight different components throughout the state of Virginia. And we have uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 3,800 members. Um, the foundation is basically an arm that has branched off of the, the VDA uh, to uh, 
help in other areas that are not in the Virginia Dental Association's, um, I guess, mission of the association itself is to help support and sponsor and protect the dental members and promote dentistry and the foundation itself is it's an outreach it's basically an outreach arm that um, uses the Virginia Dental Association members to help with these projects that we have all over the state so sort of a service club it is basically Excellent. And you are wearing multiple hats. In addition to your own practice, you helped launch the Appalachian Highlands Community Dental Center in 2020. How is the center serving the community? Well, I, th- I think it's probably one of the um, one of the most exciting things I've done in the last 27 years of being a dentist is with our... Um, affiliation with the Virginia Dental Association Foundation, we noticed that at one point we had 600 people on a waiting list to get some dentures. And when the association, uh, when the foundation can go to WISE in July and October, they're in Grundy, Virginia, all Southwest Virginia areas, uh, there's a lot of teeth that get extracted. And so about 18 or 19 years ago, me and Dr. Aloof were at one of these projects and we said, they're taking out 4,000 teeth in a weekend. You know, we, they're, we're creating a whole lot of edentulous people, people that don't have any teeth. And when you lose your teeth and you lose your self-confidence, you um, can't eat carrots. So what we found over time in the literature now is, supports that is people without teeth suffer a whole lot of comorbidities and that's things that can happen to you health-wise and mental-wise if you don't have any teeth you lose your self-confidence you can be depressed if you don't have teeth i mean when's the last time you saw saw someone making a hundred thousand dollars a year that didn't have any teeth i mean that's it's something that we don't really think about until We see somebody experiencing it. Folks that don't have any teeth, they're eating higher carbohydrates. They're eating uh, more sugars. They have a higher incidence of diabetes and obesity. And if they can't get a good paying job, their kids live in uh, childhood poverty. So there's a whole lot of things that can happen. So the one thing that this clinic is doing that I'm so excited about is in between the Mission of Mercy projects that come to Southwest Virginia twice a year, we've been able to fill that gap and be a safety net for the community and the surrounding areas and be able to treat those patients in our slide and fee scale clinic that couldn't be treated anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And, and you mentioned that, you know, we don't see a lot of people in high paying jobs that, that don't have teeth. I remember I was at an oral health event once. And one of the things we're talking about when you advocate for oral health issues and you're working with, say, you know, c- congressional staffers, oral health isn't something like substance use disorders where the staffers might know somebody in their family or the community that also has this problem. It's entirely possible they have 
never known anyone that struggled with oral health issues. The folks that we see at our clinic, I mean, they're, they try to hide it. The one thing about COVID is everybody started wearing a mask, which helped these folks be less self-confident because, because now everybody looks like them. They're hiding behind a mask. And that mask sometimes could be their hand in front of their face when they're talking. People that don't have, people that don't have a nice, uh, beautiful smile and are self-conscious about it, they kind of posture their lips. They kind of do things to keep you from seeing, seeing their teeth and their mouth. And I think a lot of that kind of goes unnoticed until pain arises. And pain is a pretty, uh, a pretty motiv- a pretty good motivator to make people seek out um, the care that they need. And I think culturally, there's a lot of stigma with with having oral health problems. It's it's seen as almost being immoral that you don't have good teeth. Well, I I think there's a whole lot of um, socioeconomic, cultural uh, things that go into uh, that go into that. I mean, that's a whole that's a whole big layered onion that I'm, you know, I'm not so sure uh, what why people are like they are when it comes to that. Now, starting July 1st, Virginia implemented a 30% increase to dental Medicaid reimbursement rates. How does that investment support oral health in Virginia? Well, going back and talking about our clinic, um, I can tell you firsthand here um, with what we're doing through our advanced education and general dentistry program here at Appalachian Highlands Community Dental Center. When we started, we started in uh, 2019 and we had one resident, we had one person apply for one position basically. And that resident helped us um, start treating patients that were underserved. In 2020, the hospital uh, acquired this building we're in today. It's a 7,100 square foot building, and we're, we occupy about 4,000 square feet of it now. Well, in 2020, we started with four residents, and um, we had three here at this clinic and one um, one at our private office. We had six people apply for those four positions. Then in 2021, we were able to um, get five residents here out of 26 applicants. And on July the 1st, or Medicaid expanded July the 1st of 2021. And pre-July of 2021, our clinic was only seeing 190 patients per month. Post-July of 2021, our clinic was seeing 345 patients a month. Overnight, I was wondering how we were going to make ends meet. We had uh, young staff. We had young doctors here that just graduated from dental school trying to find their way. Great faculty made up of volunteers from all over the community that I've had relationships with for the last 25 years. And Medicaid, just the expansion of adult dental Medicaid for those people that weren't previously covered 
has made such a great difference in Southwest Virginia. I mean, we've got in the 11 County area that makes up Southwest Virginia. I think there's somewhere in the neighborhood of 37,000 people that are now covered with Medicaid. I can tell you on July the 2nd, we had 50 calls and we averaged somewhere between 30 and 50 calls per day, even today for a patient seeking a new patient appointment at our clinic. So that expansion of adult dental Medicaid has helped so many people in Southwest Virginia that were having to wait on these Mission of Mercy projects to come to town because they couldn't afford they couldn't afford dental care. So it's it's really made a big difference in the overall health care of, of people in Southwest Virginia. Thirty to fifty new patient calls a day is staggering. I had to first of all, our our budget were a startup nonprofit called Mission Dental Virginia, and it operates Appalachian Islands Community Dental Center. And trying to hire staff um, with not a whole lot of money coming in was hard to do. And every time we would hire somebody, uh, get them trained, get them X-ray certified as an assistant, they would they would leave and go to private practice where they were getting uh, you know higher pay because we couldn't afford to pay them. So that that Medicaid expansion was like an answer to many, many prayers from mine to our executive directors. We're having conversations on a daily basis up to that point about, you know, we can't keep operating in the red. We need to we need to do something. We need to try and raise some money. But the Medicaid expansion really opened the door for us to now be a little more competitive in the employment market dental-wise, we're able now to um, hire more trained staff. We're actually increasing from five residents this year. We'll have seven in the incoming class of 2023. So we've got a plan to expand the the clinic as it is now and uh, hopefully be able to see even more patients. That's wonderful. Is there anything else we need to know about the reimbursement increase? Well, the reimbursement increase from Medicaid in in 2022, July of 2022, really did a lot to help us also. Um, that increase, I mean, it took seven, there wasn't another, there hadn't been a Medicaid reimbursement increase for 17 years. I mean, that's that's hard to even comprehend and a 30% increase was awesome. However, it still doesn't come close to private practice reimbursement rates from even insurance companies. So our goal is to try and keep the Medicaid providers we got now and try to enroll and enlist even more Medicaid providers. All of our uh, residents here at the clinic and faculty are now um, credentialed Medicaid providers. So we feel like we're doing uh, we're doing our part to try and uh, see those patients. Like I said, there's about 37,000 of them now in Southwest Virginia that don't have any other areas 
any other places to go that I know of. There's not a whole lot of practices, private practices that are Medicaid providers, maybe a handful locally, but we see the majority of those patients and we're still averaging somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 calls, 40 new patient calls a day. But that increase has really, uh, has really allowed us to, uh, to have, um, to be more competitive in trying to run our um, clinic as a private practice and have trained assistants and trained hygienists that can help us see more patients. And getting dentists to accept Medicaid patients is one barrier. But the other criticism that I've heard of the payment increase is that it does not solve the overall oral health provider shortage issue. A mantra of the National Oral Health Association is that insurance does not equal access. Does the payment increase make a difference for people in communities with few dentists? Well, in the United States, I think the average dentist per patient. So if you have 100,000 patients, the national average is there's 61 dentists to take care of those 100,000 people. In the Commonwealth of Virginia, there are 63 dentists to take care of 100,000 people. However, back to that 11-county area that we were talking about a little earlier, there's only 29 to 30 dentists per 100,000, which is less than half the national average. So to try to take care of what's happening in rural communities, it's going to take um, a program like we have, I think. And that's one of the reasons we wanted to start this program and very fortunate to have partnered with Johnson Memorial Hospital to sponsor our program, that they see the need and the correlation between dental care and overall health care. But what we want to be able to do and what we've been able to do is over the past three years, we've been able to retain 30% of our residents that have come through our program. We've had 10 residents graduate so far. We've been able to keep three of those folks here in Southwest Virginia. And that's the exciting thing about it. We've had, um, out of the class that we have here now, we have five residents. Uh, that came to Abington, Virginia to learn for a year in this program. And we're hoping to be able to recruit some of those to stay locally. We had 51 people apply for five positions last year. And in, we're in the interview process this year for the 2023 class. And we have 54 um, applications in process. So Every year that number keeps growing if people want to come here and see our program, visit the rural community, because unless we can recruit dentists to a rural community, we're not going to be able to address that need. Research shows that if you're not from a rural community, the likelihood of you going to a rural community to put roots down, start a family, start a practice, it's non-existent. So unless dental schools recruit folks from Southwest Virginia, the, the possibility of people coming from wherever, the University of Louisville or 
East Carolina University and coming here to establish a practice, uh, it's not going to happen. My practice alone has absorbed four other practices that were unable to recruit a dentist to come and take over for them when they decided to retire. And those are guys that were my mentors that we just we just couldn't get anybody here to buy their practice or the people that came didn't want to just didn't want to do it. So now we have this program where we have these residents come, they're going out and they're experiencing life in Abington four years time. And they're starting to realize it's not a bad place to live. It's got good education, um, beautiful things to do. Got South Holston Lake creeper trail. I mean, it's just a fantastic, uh, slow paced life that I've enjoyed living for the last 27 years. And I think these residents that we have here now understand advanced dentistry can be done in Southwest Virginia. You don't have to be in New York or LA to do that. So. And the rent's cheaper than New York or LA. That's the other thing, you know, they start to look at, they move here, they start looking at rent prices compared to where they're coming from. And, uh, you're exactly right. The cost of living's a, a lot cheaper. I know the change in the Medicaid reimbursement only came through the efforts of a great number of people. Why do you think it's important for individuals to get involved in health advocacy? Well, I mean, you first of all, a healthy body starts with a healthy mouth. And you have to, if you're not healthy, and you can't uh, get out and walk on the creeper trail. You can't get out and enjoy the things that uh, God's provided for us. I mean, that's that's sad. Everybody deserves to have a reason to smile, and um, we want to be able to help those folks do it. But if you if you're not involved in trying to promote optimal health and trying to help people. Um, you know, I think that's one thing that, that we are supposed to be doing is helping one another. And thinking back to the advice your mentor gave you and now the perspective this many years later, if someone is considering it dentistry as a career, what advice would you give that person? Talk to your, um, talk to your dentist and tell them that you're interested in it. In shadow, we have folks from high school um, that are in high school now that uh, are, are patients that I ask them, what are you planning on doing when you graduate? What do you want to do? You know, it's that question, what do you want to do when you grow up? If they have anything to do with dentistry, I encourage them to come and spend some time in a dental office. Uh, I know COVID at one point kind of slowed all that that stuff down but now that we've are vaccinated and we've got the right ppe and all that kind of stuff we're we're having uh patients observe or students observe what we're doing with patients to try to encourage them even more and i think uh, i've been in touch with some folks locally about an assistant 
assistant program and trying to expand hygiene programs to increase the number of hygienists in the area. I think all that needs to start at a, uh, at a high school level, some sort of introduction other than sitting in the chair and getting your teeth cleaned. If you could observe what happens to try to get other people encouraged in um, pursuing our profession, because it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a rewarding profession and one that I've really enjoyed uh, being a part of. And last question, question I ask all my guests, if you could do anything, what would you do to improve health and healthcare in rural America? Well, I, I think uh, our plan here in Southwest Virginia is a good uh, a model and that's just to try to expand that access either through having a mission of mercy come to your area or you put on a mission of mercy yourself, try to organize that. If it's in the state of Virginia, I can guarantee the Virginia Dental Association Foundation will be stepping up to the plate to help you. Since COVID here in uh, Abingdon and, and those big projects were were shut down. The Virginia Dental Association Foundation has helped us. We just finished the uh, first of June of this year. We had our seventh mini Mission of Mercy project here in Abington. And uh, throughout those seven projects, we've been able to donate $1.5 million in donated dental services through our clinic. So just expanding that access to those folks in all those rural areas that can't get to a dentist would definitely help um, facilitate an improvement in access to care, especially providing uh, care to the uninsured and underserved communities like we have here in Southwest Virginia. Sounds like a great plan to me. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Miller. Man, I've, I've really enjoyed your time with you. I, I appreciate you and, uh, you know, the Virginia Dental Association and the foundation and the Virginia Healthcare uh, Foundation is also big advocates of our clinic. And, uh, you know, we've got an expansion plan. Um, all we need is the funding. So I would uh, appreciate any donations that uh, anybody uh, could give us. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. That's Dr. Scott Miller advocating for increasing access through local efforts. If you want to be part of the conversation about rural health, check out our annual conference. For details, visit vrha.org, click the events tab, and select Rural Health Voice Annual Conference. The Rural Health Voice is the podcast of the Virginia Rural Health Association. It is sponsored by the Virginia State Office of Rural Health and underwritten by the National Rural Health Association.